Hi everyone, we're back. It's episode 20. Woohoo! Woo! So um, I'm Gloria. And I'm Victoria. And we're the chemists <laughs> behind Chemist Confessions, and our podcast is having a human conversation about skincare science. Um, but yeah, so what's the theme of today's topic, Gloria? Well, I feel like we lie a lot of times in the preview <laughs> of what we're going to talk about. But this time, we're holding true to our promise from episode 19. Yep. Today is all about botanicals with scientific data backing it up. Yeah, and um, we're really excited about this this topic just because you guys will hopefully realize that this is a very difficult topic to talk about yeah so to fuel the conversation what are we drinking today victoria it's kiran ichiban ichiban cheers cheers (laughs) we are actually also celebrating because today happens to be the day right after the book has launched oh my god what (sighs) a journey Right. I can't believe it. Yeah. It feels good. It feels good that it's finally out there. <laughs> yeah, so if you're curious, uh, look for Skincare Decoded. Mm-hmm. It's sold uh, on Amazon, Target, mm-hmm. Barnes & Noble's, uh, books.org for all of our international friends. You yep. can also uh, buy the Kindle edition. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've already bought the book, don't forget to go to our website and sign up uh, for the book list. This will give you access to our book enhancement content. Yeah. Uh, so if you get really sad that you finished the book and you want more, <laughs> fear not. More skin science, more, more I tell you, Victoria. <laughs> our work isn't over. We're still actually working on more content. Yeah. Um, you probably realize we don't actually talk about specific products. Um, I still want to get into talking to brands about all that stuff. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of contracts. There's a lot of things we can't really handle right now. Yeah. So um, instead, we're going to send you some product guides just to follow up for our little book club slash email group. Um, so, yeah, don't forget to check that out. Um, anything else we need to update on on the brand side? Nope, that's it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, by the time this podcast comes out, it will be mid-April. Mm-hmm. Um, so we should be doing a hatchery again. <gasps> it's back. Uh, yeah, so a lot of you probably forgot about the existence of a hatchery. Mm-hmm. And, and it's totally our fault. We haven't really ran away in a long time. Um, COVID and stuff was kind of getting in the Production way. Production has been slower than planned um but yeah what is the hatchery gloria so the hatchery is where we invite our community to help us help guide us on our formulation journey yeah we send you blinded samples and ask for your honest feedback Mm -hmm. and um sometimes and it will turn into a product most of the time so (laughs) if you're ever curious about how you know you want to be part of our formulation journey and have a hand in the next product that gets launched Definitely, um, we'll be making that announcement, and we'd love for you to join us. Uh, if you want to know products that have been part of the hatchery, Blank Slate and Baby Steps both have been creations from that, and it's been really successful. Mm-hmm. And we've had it's been a lot of fun for us to see um, hatchery f- followers. Um, they have play a hand in 
they get really excited to see that their contribution does pay off. Yeah, uh, yeah. the blank slate was really interesting for us because uh, at that time when we were making a cleanser, we were washing our faces so much for testing uh, competitors, other products we like, trying to get inspiration. So dry. Testing all formulas. <laughs> so towards the end, we were like, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it cleans. I don't know if it's gentle. Yeah. It was just a lot. So that was really key for us to really dial in on the type and the formula structure that works. Yeah, for sure. And then finally, um, we will have another chemist recommended cohort coming up. So cohort. you can. Yeah, so you can <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you can also look forward to that announcement soon. Um, but that's really it. We are just, you know, chugging we along. We should be announcing a new launch very soon from the time of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. It's very hard for us to say it now because it's just, it's been in the works for so long. And yeah. of course, we just really want to do it right. So... I think in terms of launch schedule, haven't really been on time with that, but you know, a good product, it's the most important thing anyway. So yeah, whatever. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So that's that. Uh, I did want to ask Gloria, this is this is a random like icebreaker question uh-huh. getting into the oh. episode. Gloria, what are you watching currently on Netflix? <laughs> oh god, okay, okay. So <laughs> I've been starting a lot of shows yeah. and not finishing a lot yeah. of them because we don't we haven't had a lot of time recently. Yeah. But I am on the latest season of Drive to Survive. Hell yeah. Which Victoria already finished. Um, but it's really great. And but when we were in recording this episode, the mm-hmm. first race is coming up. Yeah. So we're super excited about Formula One. Um, and then I also watched a college admission scandal. Super slimy, super, super skeezy. The whole affair is just disgusting. Um, If you want to be pissed off before you go to bed, watch that. (laughs) Also, I think if you're a parent Mm -hmm. and you're thinking about your child's application, it definitely, I feel like it does like impact your perspective of, Mm -hmm. you know, college applications in general and the prestige of these, you know, Ivy Leagues. So totally agree. It's a good watch. Yeah. And I will say if you are senior uh in high if you're a senior in high school right now or if you're a parent whose child is around that age really feel your pain because like watching some of the the kids um reaction when they open that admission letter yeah. like i forgot what that was like yeah. but it was like leading at when i was like 17 18 that was like the single most stressful moment you know like it feels like your life was like built up to this point and also how much did your heart drop when the letter you got is like a small envelope versus a really big envelope and you're like shit and scan it (laughs) i remember the online um thing and everyone checks at the same time right and sometimes it loads slower than others you're like give it to me give it to me oh my god (laughs) yeah so um yeah I, i don't miss that time yeah i feel like now that COVID is, uh, it's still like kind of a sticky situation and a lot of people are still s- stuck at home. Netflix, yes. <laughs> getting us through slowly. I also watch a few episodes of Marriage or Mortgage. <laughs> Not, I haven't seen that one yet. It's kind of cute, actually. Mm. I, was, I, was, I watched it fully expecting to make fun of everyone on the show like mm-hmm. the premise sounds kind of kind of ridiculous, but it's actually really cute because um, the, it was obviously filmed pre-COVID yeah. and they do follow-ups on how the couples are doing mm. and how they may do with their budget in that time period a lot of them 
elope, chose to get married, yeah. and then I don't know. It just it's actually just really nice to see people working through COVID. Yeah, totally agree. And I mean, the whole wedding industry, I feel like one yeah. of the hardest hit. Um, during the pandemic so yeah but yeah uh, cool yeah I if and also going back to Formula One uh, sounds really broy, but if you have nothing better to watch I guarantee you it's incredibly entertaining mm-hmm. also if you really miss traveling uh, it's a great way to just see different places and yeah I don't know I think that's the thing that really draws me in is just all the places they get to go to I think of all the tracks that they feature I've always really really wanted to visit the Singapore one uh, mm-hmm. the, night, the yeah, night race street circuits always look really fun like yeah. Monaco and Singapore mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah anyway agreed all right, cool. So, um, yeah, now it's time for some skincare news. In the news. All right, Gloria, what's up? What's nothing, going on out there? Nothing, really. <laughs> Not much, and you? <laughs> uh, give so, us a moment. <clears throat> the beer's going to kick in soon. <laughs> uh, this isn't a new launch, but Paula's Choice is yeah. actually now available at Sephora. Yeah, and they've always been at Ulta. Have they? Oh, no, I, I feel like they're primer. They were always primarily just on like Amazon yeah, and their own website, their, their main website. So yeah, so, we, we, sorry, we see a fly. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, um, I think it's you know it just kind of seems like the next move for Polish mm-hmm. Choice. They've, They've been around for forever. Been around for a long time. Uh, I feel like they've kind of hit that cult favorite for on the online skincare community. Mm-hmm. So what's next? It only makes sense that it goes into, you know, retail. Yeah. And uh, for those of you new to the brand, they do have they have a few uh, active space mm-hmm. products. That's um, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Worth checking out. They have a C for dupe that we do recommend. Um they also have an azelaic acid serum. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we we should do a this versus that for that one and the ordinary. But yeah. it's not a very common ingredient. And I know it's one that a lot of people are looking for. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I would say that probably you might find yourself comparing Polish Choice to the ordinary. Yeah. Um, the price points are quite different. Mm-hmm. Um, we would say that the ordinary it's kind of a great intro into learning about how these ingredients are working for you. But I, we say time and time again, the ordinary, the ordinary's formulas are very simple. Yeah. A lot of them are just, we call them just like slurries um, mm. in of sort of um, solvent. And so the formulas aren't really refined and sometimes don't do well for skin types. So that's our kind of how we would... Um, I guess separate the two brands um, and how you can think about price point and whatnot. Yeah, there's a uh, it's, yeah. It comes down to it's up to you what um, what you want to. Yeah. Aj, cut that out. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's kind of up to you um, what's right for you. Mm-hmm. But like Victoria said, the ordinary is a great entryway to active ingredients. Yeah. Some some um, products might be worth the long haul in your yeah. routine, but others um, can probably use an upgrade. Yeah, agreed. All right, what else is going on out there? I found a new launch called Miji. <laughs> Miji. Miji. All right, what's Miji? <laughs> Miji, spelled M-E-E-J-E-E. Oh, really, Miji? It's a $80 <laughs> silicone cleansing brush. Um, for for Rayo? For face. Yeah, oh. exactly. It's like a flatter for Rayo brush. A flatter one? Yeah, it's oh. like a, it's like yay big. Oh. Yeah, it's really, honestly, it's really cute. But for me, I'm like, 
Oh man, silicone cleansing brush is still a thing, huh? Also, uh, huh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so cleansing brush, I think, was pretty much popularized by Ferreo. Yeah. And I and personally then, could care less about it. Yeah, it's a nice face massage, I feel like. Yeah, I, I don't, I personally don't really see a big point in it because it doesn't, it doesn't really to me like, i've never tried mechanically one mechanically cleanse yeah one. it mm-hmm. doesn't um the, the ones i've tried it doesn't feel like clings as well as a, a bristled brush mm-hmm. um and then it also <laughs> some of them you just feel like it's, it's a vibrator it's a vibrator on your face <laughs> <laughs> and just very awkward i oh, yeah. mean <laughs> I mean, it's waterproof silicone (laughs) that kind of shakes around in your hand. So, uh, yeah. um. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I think um, it's, I guess, a nice way to put it is ultra gentle. Yeah. Um, But I'm just not really excited by new silicone brushes unless the, I guess maybe unless the texture changes completely or the vibration patterns are different, <laughs> but... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Asking for a lot. Um, but I, I also feel like $80 is a, a bit lot. of a high entry point for yeah. that. You can find silicone brushes on Amazon for way less. Yeah, it's true, sadly. Um, cool. Yeah. That's that. Um, let Flameless, if you're fans of silicone brushes, this is just our personal take. So, but I, I have to say, Gloria does use it for a cool thing. Um, she does use it to wash her makeup brushes. Oh and yeah, I do yeah. really like that. Um, yeah, it's a really easy way. Um, also, you know, silicone brushes they stay really clean. So, um, I'm very I, guilty of not washing my brushes so, enough. Yeah, so. I do like that dual purpose part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, um, and then Anti-Acne Club. Yeah, there is a brand. I don't know how new they are, but mm-hmm. they kind of popped onto my radar recently. There's this brand called Anti-Acne Club. Yeah. And their take on acne is oral supplements. How do we feel about this, Victoria? (laughs) I'm sure anyone who does struggle with acne has done some sort of trial orally, whether Mm. it's um, apple cider vinegar, um, eating really clean. So I'm sure this doesn't feel all that foreign. um, But I think we will say there's probably not a lot of data out there yet. A lot of it's just good for you ingredients that may or may not make a difference so i i'm not i don't expect a lot i gotta be honest um and but who knows maybe they'll do a clinical yeah i always feel like supplements so victoria braved a field and did a blog post on (laughs) collagen supplements and the whole supplement industry is just a jungle Mm. so um we should do a podcast episode on On supplements supplements. it's a topic i've been avoiding (laughs) i've been avoiding it for some time because it's just so messy but but like victoria said don't expect it to be the cure it Mm. might not hurt to try out um but yeah that's that yeah and uh if you guys listened to the acne episode before um we did kind of touch on how diet may or may not play an impact and mm-hmm. again the idea is take a take it with a little grain of salt you know um the data is very hard when it comes to diet just because there's so many external factors to consider mm-hmm. um but yeah so if you give it a, if you do give it a try let us know how it goes 
No, last but not least in the news. Well, this is ooh, not the ooh, last. Ooh, ooh. So Living Proof has launched a new scalp care product. And mm. it kind of caught my eye because the ingredient list reads a lot like a skincare aisle. Mm-hmm. So you have water, glycerin, niacinamide, um, sodium hyaluronate, trehalose, which is kind of a sugar that um, that's actually tested a lot used a lot in eye creams yeah you have urea which is also uh, also a hydrator and then pulluan pulluan okay all right pulluan's a film film former um you can do some cool things with it gives you kind of like a tightening feel um yeah it's really fascinating it really does read like a skincare cream yeah so i thought it was fascinating and this is a this is my ode to uh valerie come back and tell us if any of these skincare ingredients actually uh does wonders for scalp as well i don't i'm not aware if these ingredients have been tested in scalp care all i'm hearing is i should start putting my aquafix on my scalp (laughs) (laughs) report back with findings yeah um okay that's yeah i you know uh val she mentioned like you know you probably are seeing there's a lot of hair serums coming out now um, some of them are positioned for a healthy scalp and then others are positioned for promoting better hair, hair growth. growth. Yeah. And she's really behind scalp care. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of promise, but I'm sure it's going to be a little bit of circus to f- figure out like what it takes to make a good scalp formula. Yeah. yeah. Um, definitely check out Val's article on our blog. Yeah. Uh, we learned a lot. Um, I will say I give my scalp two extra fur massages yes. <laughs> in the yeah. Yes, I totally agree. <laughs> so true. All right. Uh, and then uh, some negative news. Yeah, there is. This is not exactly skincare, but mm-hmm. still thought it's probably important to talk about. There is a class action lawsuit against PNG over charcoal toothpaste. Um, the idea, well, the lawsuit basically claims that PNG overstated the benefit of charcoal um, in tooth care, especially because the basically American Dental Society has not tested it, does not really, there is unproven benefit to charcoal in toothpaste. Do you know what kind of claims they're making? Is it like enamel care, whitening? Definitely enamel care. Okay. And, and that it doesn't, it's not, uh, I forgot the exact word they use, like basically gentle, but cleans like it's not abrasive to enamel but you know but it's very thorough cleaning um so i i don't know this is not a tinfoil hat theory but i think this is the perfect example of a big fish will always get flagged first yes. i think many of us do remember there has been smaller brands that come out with charcoal care Oh my god, I clicked on one once and then it stalked me for months on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. How many times do you remember seeing pictures of people with like black, basically like a black mouth, you know, full of like black foam? Mm -hmm. Um, So, with that, uh, I think they're probably not the only ones, and I'm pretty sure the claims they have made are not as uh strong as other small brands but they are the ones to get flagged first makes a lot of sense yeah for sure i always feel like you know fda with their limited resources just gonna go after the big guys first yeah you gotta make an example of someone right so um yeah anything else Gloria? but last but not least this is going back to slug life and how i've been under living under a rock and i didn't know what slug life is all about Apparently, oat milk skincare is a thing. Like, I saw, I don't know why I all of a sudden see it everywhere. Oat milk, not oat, not colloidal oat milk. 
oat milk. Oat milk. Yeah. Okay. I all of a sudden I see DIY around oat milk and articles claiming like the benefits of oat milk and. I even saw a really small indie brand that's centered around the benefits of oat milk on your face. Well, what can we say? Time and time again, yeah. the food industry comes around and brings out a new trend. So, well, Victoria's actually a big fan of oat milk. I'm a sure little different, but like, <laughs> would you pour some on your face? Uh, no, I'd really like it just in my coffee, please. Um, yeah, I. Uh, so really the only, uh, skincare ingredient that's oat related that has great data is colloidal oat milk, oatmeal. Now it's starting to sound like oat milk, (laughs) uh, colloidal oatmeal. And so that one's actually an OTC ingredient to really, um, help its functions as a skin protectant, uh, as a soothing ingredient. So, you know, really, uh, that would be the only ingredient you want to look for. Yeah. And I kind of just... Just to highlight that skincare is always going to uh, chase after some sort of mm-hmm. trend, some sort of fad, and most likely it's going to be a food trend. Um, if it becomes popular elsewhere, people ask, "What? What would happen if we put it on my face?" Well, I mean, look at like Chipotle; they came out with that. Oh, they have an eyeshadow palette. Eyeshadow palette. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, they're not using their ingredients to put in the powders, but um i just feel like it's just so closely tied yeah um but yeah Eh, well maybe fun probably won't do much for you yeah exactly and and as far as diy goes um it's fun i guess um but if you're trying to do that as like an actual consistent skincare routine it's something we really don't advise we really Oh, AJ cuts it out. Uh, we really advise against doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you need preservatives. Uh, a lot of those ingredients, they just, they're not going to last. So it's just not great. And, and some of them can be even irritating. Yeah, exactly. If you whip up a simple, like, I don't know, honey oat mm-hmm. egg mask that you use one time, it's fine. But yeah, like Victoria said, um, whipping up your own um concoction that you leave in the fridge for some time it can get kind of gross (laughs) you know i i do have to say um one of the people that i know that is a religious diy guy is my dad oh (laughs) he still does egg white masks oh my god that's so funny yeah he really thinks like i think he just likes that kind of like tightening feel when it starts to dry dry. Mm -hmm. um it's also really filmy so yeah so uh if you we always wonder where our eggs go um it usually goes to that <laughs> but yeah a uh, little fun fact all right so i think that's it for the news and that's it for the podcast goodbye <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for the meat the meat all, all right, right. All right. <laughs> Don't sound so excited. Botanicals. All right, Gloria. Why do we find botanicals so hard? Because there's just so, <laughs> so, so many of them. And they do not sign up for a botany class. <laughs> no, no. And they all start to sound the same, right? Yeah. Um, the most common claims around botanicals are they're antioxidants. Mm. Mostly, like uh, you're most likely to hear that. Oh, blah 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 is re- rich in nutrients, vitamins, vitamins antioxidants, mm-hmm. and then it will extend into oh, it's soothing, so so soothing, <laughs> and then sometimes it will extend into oh, with botanical powers, it will brighten your skin 
and cure your oiliness. Like the, the snowball effect is happening. Yeah, right? the claims have there's no boundaries whatsoever. Yeah. So, and there's just, again, there's so many. And speaking of trends, botanicals is definitely a category where they're always looking for the next herb or exotic flower that can cure some sort of ailment. So, I mean, I think when we started, we always love to talk about the craziest marketing stories you'll hear about a botanical. Mm. Usually involves uh, hiking up a very tall mountain to find a very rare plant that only, like, survives in the winter magically somehow so i love the stories of um of the 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 uh the lucky traveler so so like basically oh i was backpacking across europe (laughs) i don't know what i was looking for but then i stumbled upon a village oh my god the grandma's hands look so good yeah exactly exactly so i mean that's where it all started and then I feel like when clean beauty first started, um, it was all about natural, mm-hmm. right? And then that led to an explosion of botanicals too. Yeah, and to highlight why it's so hard for us, and by the way, it costs like next to nothing for, well, I won't say next to nothing. It's really easy to just for a brand to put an extract mm. in, in their product mm-hmm. at a foo amount or effective amount, you don't know, but just to dump it in there and there's a competition to get as many as humanly possible but then us poor old chemists digging up any data around these botanicals it takes like if we want to do a really thorough job it takes at least like an hour or two per yeah yeah it's true and sadly um on the supplier side it's also not really easy to vet these ingredients too um a lot of them ride the trends that come with it, um, whether it's blueberries or mushrooms yeah. or, you know, the citruses. So, like, oh, that is the worst part about it, because we'll tell you that, let's say you want green tea stuff in your, yeah. in your skincare and green tea has some interesting data, but where the brand got the green tea matters. But you're just not going to know. We won't know from looking at packaging, right? Because yeah. It's not like if I call them and be like, hello, I'm more Pacific, where you get your green tea? It's not like they're going to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, exactly. And they come in different forms. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll have to do this post again, but you know some just the name extract can mean a lot of different things it right. can be like a water of aloe or mm. it could be a super concentrated form um so it's this is probably the topic we really don't like to talk about in terms of decode that much because mm. even for us it's just really hard to say um but yeah but despite all that there are still some botanicals that do have a little bit of data, mm-hmm. um, which we're going to go through. Yeah. So <laughs> first of all, first of all, when you talk about botanicals, I wrote this down as an example of the ridiculousness of this world, which is Vintner's daughter. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh, how many times have we been asked what our take is? on for vintner's daughter right yeah so many times so um their essence i forgot how many they they advertise i think it's like 22 or 32 botanicals and i will say when i kind of dug into their ingredient list i was pleasantly surprised by their botanical selection that a lot of them are decent botanicals um 
two hundred dollars worth of decent botanicals, <laughs> though I don't know. <laughs> It is a little painful. Yeah, and just 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 to show you guys, we have bullet points when we do these podcasts. This, what you see on the screen. This whole thing is their ingredient <laughs> list, just botanicals. We're gonna have AJ scroll this and like have you scroll. Like, you guys will see what the ingredient list looks like for all the YouTube watchers. But um, yeah, I, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Let me out. Okay. Um, from what I understand, this is a. It's a. Serum, right? Yeah, so they have two products. This is the essence, the this one the I essence. pulled is yeah, the yeah. water based essence. The and they oil have the was oil. the first one they yeah, started. The original. With, right? Okay, here's here's another question uh, Would you pay for the oil or the serum? Serum. Yeah, I, I totally exactly. agree. So, I totally agree. The, again, to add another layer of complexity, oh God, we're going to lose people here. But, <laughs> um, Stick with us. Come on, guys. We're going to get through this. I think there's, there, of course, there are oil-based active ingredients mm-hmm. in, a, in a plant as well as water-based. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like, so the, the essence that they have, um, based on the extracts they choose, these are the ones that we know are water-based and have effective compounds in the water phase. So I don't have a huge problem with it. Um, but the oil, a lot of oils are just that. They're just oil. They're there to moisturize. Like, well, there's... I One thing that kind of grinds my gears is definitely oils. It's like, oh, like... Promises like, the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, this rich in antioxidant oil will reverse signs of aging. No, it won't. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, we always say for people who are just really wanting to try it out, um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, we always say look for insurance policies. And mm-hmm. the serum definitely does have a few. I mean, it's got lactic acid. It's got niacinamide. So, I mean, you still got some of those classic molecules to give you something, you know. Yeah. Um, but is it $200 worth of something? You guys will just have to tell us because... That's it. Between the only you way. and God. Yeah. <laughs> There's no clinical, so we don't, we can't really speak to the results. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just, I don't know. Classic skincare. Yeah, situation. I think it's classic. I will say it's definitely not as scammy as some of the other botanicals that you can find on, say, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of what they chose are good, um, good extracts. But how much, how effective is it going to replace your retinol serum? Highly unlikely. Yeah, um, and also we did this. Uh, we did this a few episodes ago. But if you ever want to go down the extract naming route, it's some of it's very fun to say. Uh-huh. Um, so, for example, um, it's got this four o'clock flower extract. Four o'clock flower. I know. I don't know. I don't know how they <laughs> named that, but it's called Mirabilis Jalapa. <laughs> and there's like the the hops extract. <laughs> so we'll have to do another one where it's like our favorite flower extracts we like to. Chemists are very mature. Yeah. We're not mature at all. Um, yeah. So it's it's definitely hard to talk about and hard for us to decode. Um, 
But, Gloria, what extracts actually have data? <laughs> All right, now, now we get the bitching out of the way. We're diving to the actual meat. So, um, to keep things positive, we're going to talk about extracts that we really like. Mm. Um, first things first, we have to talk about Centella. Because Centella was, oh my god, has been all the rage for the past five years or so. Mm. There are whole brands that's centered around Centella, like Sika stuff. Sika. If you hear the word Sika, um, you usually will find some sort of centella molecule mm-hmm. in there um i dr jart has a whole, a whole line, line dedicated to centella the green stuff yeah so um i agree i love this extract too but i like the molecule yeah so this is where this is, uh we actually mentioned this in the book as well um is that when you are choosing a natural extract look for the compound name if possible so what we mean is centella you'll see it listed a lot of times as centella asiatica mm-hmm. extract or even centella asiatica water mm-hmm. um, but what you really want to look for are more foreign sounding names like madocasticide asiatic side yeah asiatic acid yep. those are the active components of centella extract that are actually give bringing you those good skin benefits right yep. so um yeah, it's it gets kind of hairy, but I would put water below extract. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think naturally, ah, just looking at the general waters we've looked at, I think mm-hmm. that just in terms of concentration, a lot of those are, they really are more just kind of a, a, a marketing. <laughs> yeah, it, I feel like it's more of like a marketing thing. You'll see like, oh, it's finally not water as the first ingredient. It's mm-hmm. aloe water or it's um what's another common one we bamboo see? water yeah things like that so you know but at the end of the day that water probably is like 0.1 percent actual if active. That, so yeah. yeah that's another way to think about it but yeah so we do love centella one of the reasons why is because um it is considered a soother it actually has more data around wound healing mm-hmm. um uh, specifically Madagascaride, mm-hmm. um, but we even like it because they found there's a synergistic data on it. Um, they did a study testing ascorbic acid, just five percent, with 0.1 percent centella asiatica, or I'm sorry, 0.1 percent madagascaride, and they found it does actually bring even more benefits in terms of wrinkles, texture, hydration, supple suppleness. So we do really like that aspect about it. Yeah, and in practice, you can for those of you who may struggle with ascorbic acid, mm-hmm. using a lower dose vitamin C, like say yeah. the clears, and then you pair with a centella containing mm-hmm. product, it could just um, help it go that much further for sure um and if you want to get some into your skincare um look no further than aquafix <laughs> we do use uh the blend of madocasticide and asiaticicide mm-hmm. um we also you might also find it in other you know korean skincare brands like we mentioned before dr jart um, Laneige. Yeah. I think La Roche Posay also has a line that has mm-hmm. Sika stuff. I think there's the Sika bomb. Yeah. Right? There is a much thicker, more Sika occlusive bomb. bomb. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Depends on what type of form you want it in. Yeah. It could be a good choice. All right. What's next? Celebrin. Celebum. Celebum. So, this is uh, your milk thistle extract. Um, you. This one is really. 
a, a lot more rare, but yeah. it has surprisingly hella interesting data. Uh, SkinCeuticals just did a recent launch. You probably mm-hmm. will see it. It's Silly Marin CF, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, but yeah, Gloria, what does it do? So it's an antioxidant soother and a skin brightener. <laughs> Sounds like a typical. More disappointed (laughs) in skin cleaning. It sounds like a typical rub sheet. But what's really interesting is it has been tested against hydroquinone. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, Mm. like we mentioned in the pigmentation (laughs) episode, a lot of um, pigment fighting ingredients. The we weigh the ingredients that have been tested against um, gold standard hydroquinone a lot higher than than others. And in skincare in general, it's hard to find comparative data. Like antioxidants, really bad, right? We always say ascorbic acid is gold standard, mm-hmm. and people we get so many questions about like, oh, is this a good replacement? Yeah. Is that a good replacement? Well, very hard, hard to, to say because <laughs> there's no there's no head to head data on these yeah. things. So, but silymarin has actually been tested in against hydroquinone, mm-hmm. and it was shown that um, at 0.7 and 1.4 percent, it's comparable. It didn't do to four percent to four percent hydroquinone. It's not quite there, but um, given that it also has soothing pro- properties, it's yeah. a lot better tolerated than um, than hydroquinone. I honestly feel like a study like this should get major brownie points because, mm-hmm. just, like being able to compare to like a gold standard active like hydroquinone I think is ballsy mm-hmm. and the fact that it does perform on par mm-hmm. it does. then um, yeah I think it deserves all the merit and I'm yeah I'm excited yeah um, that said I just I want to mention that that was one study um, that's also why botanicals are hard for us to mm-hmm. talk about so not, like one study doesn't make it miracle yeah. it just means that it's likely that it will do well for your skin yeah and we should also say we mentioned these studies um but a lot of these are small Mm -hmm. um they really own you know it's kind of like a good sign um, I think I've seen one study, not not related to silymarin, but I've seen one study in my research, and the data sounds so good. It was like, oh, in just four weeks, like, uh, hyperpigmentation reduced by thirty five percent in twelve weeks. Yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. There's four people in the study. Four whole people agreed that their skin looks brighter. Uh. <laughs> Thank you for the grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good point. All right. Uh, oh, products with silymarin. Oh, good point. We mentioned SkinCeuticals. Yeah, they have the new their new vitamin C serum. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, we mentioned the brightening study, but they are positioning this for people with oily acne skin. I mean, they also do include salicylic acid. Um, yeah, I think they're just broadening their audience um, mm-hmm. from the CE Ferulic crowd. So, um, yeah. And then there's also PCA Skin. The C and E advanced, um, that one does also have uh, silly marin, but in terms of concentration, we're not quite clear. Um, but yeah. And soon there oh, will be a new it? combo with silly marin. <laughs> we are ready to unveil Mr. Reliable 2.0 very soon, and it will have silly marin. So oh, oh. just dropped it. <laughs> she just dropped the news. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we like this so much. So do uh, yeah, you'll find out soon uh, how Mr. Reliable gets an update. Yeah, um, and this is one of the formulas we've been working on for a very long time, and COVID has just 
put a wrench in all of our plans, but we're really excited. I think um, the good the good thing about being delayed is it gives us a lot more time to kind of play around with it, finesse it. So hopefully everyone likes it. I think Mr. Reliable's, you know, again, just waiting, sitting on the bench, hanging out, yeah. <laughs> waiting for his turn. Yeah. All right, cool. Next. Uh, Bizabolo. Bizabolo. We do love Bizabolo. This is the isolated compound from German chamomile. Yeah. In uh, our, oh. Yeah, no, go for it. In our book, I think one of the things we highlighted is we mentioned in, uh, in centella that don't look for the waters visible is an oil based compound so mm-hmm. sometimes you'll find german chamomile essential oil or oil um no need to look for the isolated compound visible yep um it is positioned as an anti-inflammatory um the even cooler thing is it does bring a little bit of brightening benefits mm-hmm. which we love um so you really want to look for a concentration of around 0.5 percent if you can uh and if you don't want to look check out our better oil <laughs> that features better that. Oil has 0.5 yeah um, it's an old ingredient mm-hmm. you can find it in a lot of products yeah. um definitely try even though the good use level is under one percent mm-hmm. but still try to find it at, at least like midway on the ingredient list yeah. for it to be effective that's a good point um any cool studies we should highlight gloria yeah so um, in terms of skin studies it's it's a little spotty here and there there are some cool studies and this is again this is difficult to do botanicals visible is one of the better understood molecules that has mm-hmm. proven stu- um, data mm-hmm. but even for visible um does the data can be a little spotty but i found this is this botanical dates back so far they've tested it in all sorts of different applications oh go on i've tested i i found a study I where tested i've tested it i swirled it around in my at, <clears throat> we saw rusty you i found a study where they tested visible in a mouthwash uh, yeah as a post car uh, post operation Oh, gum like relief soothing. yeah yeah to soothe your swollen swollen gums <laughs> you know i will say mouthwash is the surprising product that actually has a lot of skincare ingredients mm-hmm. um we did a little paraben highlight and you will still find parabens in your crust mouthwash mm-hmm. so you know it's uh just let's kind of think about like you know there's a lot of fear around skincare ingredients but uh did you know <laughs> you put that in your mouth <laughs> that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> all right cool um there's also if you are also looking for visible um Cibamen does like to use that it's a common brand that tries to do a lot of like gentle um skincare moisturizers and whatnot do you like Cibamen? There, it's a very no frills kind of brand. Like yeah, affordable. I think their ingredients are really good. Too. Yeah, they make your shelfie look ugly, but they make your skin look pretty. <laughs> okay, but Sebamed or Cerave? Sebamed. Yeah, it's at least more understated. <laughs> Cerave is a Cerave. technology. I'm gonna bold my font and make it a size 64. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a good point. Yeah, Cement is definitely um, an underrated brand, but they definitely do some good work. Um, Okay, another extract we have, uh, Boswellia. Boswellia. Are you? (laughs) 
Boswellio. So this is. I think Laura's on her second beer. <laughs> I am about to pop up with my second beer. Boswellio is an extract. Um, it is an active component from. Uh, Indian frankincense, mm-hmm. not the essential oil form. Mm-hmm. Um, the main there's boswellic uh, boswellic acid is actually a whole group of molecules that's proven to again soothe and be an antioxidant. I know, I Sounds know, like a broken record. Yeah, but I, actually, no, but actually. <laughs> so the reason why we used it in our bon voyage yeah. is that there's actually quite a few because it has um traditional medicine origins in India, it has quite a few application tests. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've seen a few studies that have all the hot keywords that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. It's randomized, double blind, mm-hmm. placebo control, mm-hmm. N equals 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yes, that's why we think. <laughs> uh, fast forward this far. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why we think it's definitely worth a look. Um, one particular study that kind of stood out to us, um, Boswellia's soothing powers, is that um, they actually tested it on erythema on skin that developed from breast cancer radiotherapy. Mm. Um, it, those, uh, I mean. People who've gone through that type of therapy, your skin is very compromised. And that's a level of sensitivity that's just really difficult to control. So the fact that it has been tested as a topical for that purpose um, plays a lot of weight in our our books. Um, Downside is it's really hard to find. It's but look no further. Bon <laughs> yeah, we um, we like it so much we did end up putting it in the Bon Voyage. So um, yeah, I I agree. I think it's hopefully after this segment you guys will realize just how hard it is to find really good substantiated data on plant extracts. That's really the takeaway here. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, we also have cherry. Yes, so mm. I think this has been very popular in recent years, right? Yeah. Thanks to, yeah, thanks to pharmacy, I feel like that really pushed, gave it a spotlight. Yeah, so this is another one of those extract that, um, that touts ex, like rich in vitamin C, uh, great, yeah, great antioxidant all around. Yeah. Um, I will say this is relatively new. A lot of the data is on... Um, basically the suppliers of this ingredient yeah. and also mouse studies. Yeah, so uh, so just to kind of review how we see testing, um, a lot of it starts in a Petri dish um, where they, you know... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go on, Gloria. <laughs> okay, Petri dish. All right, so, you know, it starts off with a Petri dish and then they may move on to mouse model. And don't fear, don't 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 stress. This usually happens way before um, it would ever even be tested into in your formula. And then from that, they will start going into, you know, actual ex vivo or human, human ex vivo or studies. human in vivo testing. Um, so really... Any sort of um, Petri or mouse model, um, it's just very early. It really doesn't um, it's convince trans- us yeah. Yeah, that it's going to work for our skin. And I will say that um, I feel like today is an O to how much we have a love-hate relationship with botanicals mm. because a lot of times when you see brands claim like, 
oh, we use this extract or this thing that has a nickname of the miracle from the sea. It has thirty uh, times the antioxidant power uh, power of this and that, mm-hmm. and it has uh, like skin looks brighter after this and that. A lot of it might be based on a mouse model, yeah, or a petri dish. Usually, if you hear some very exaggerated number like hundred x concentrated, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's usually coming from a petri dish right um and really should have you raise an eyebrow yeah um but yeah i have to say um as much as i've actually tried the pharmacy uh cherry the cherry vitamin uh, C. moisturizer oh right? uh-huh. um that one i it's it's nice but this is not my favorite extract i gotta be honest yeah yeah mm-hmm. i think it's like it's i'm curious to see what happens in the future mm-hmm. but um yeah not my favorite i don't know Mm, i'm indifferent about this one i will say a lot because it's so new products like the pharmacy cherry line and um and actually i think vintner's daughter has acerola too Mm -hmm. but a lot of products that has uh has this pro ingredient use it with other ingredients to kind of buffer the efficacy so i'm not super offended by products that have this um, so long as they have the other a team to back it up yeah <laughs> the extra help yeah. yeah so the extract itself i'm neutral on i think in general i i know i have a prejudice against vitamin c rich extracts because sure i think do. 99 like <laughs> kakadu, like whatever if you want gores to give you a math lesson ah! and vitamin c concentration stay tuned <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, spoiler there's not a lot <laughs> yeah there's just not a lot so yeah i agree um who knows we'll see kind of just a wait and see kind of situation all right uh there's definitely a lot of grape stuff usually stem from wine uh vintner's daughter again oh, yeah <laughs> yeah we so should, we should have wine to celebrate this episode. right i should have brought my bottle it's okay that's ah, okay next time mm. um but yeah uh first things first you guys probably heard of resveratrol i think resveratrol was the the darling of like yes. the two, early 2010s. Yes, this was when the uh, studies of how red wine gives you a great amount of a- gives antioxidants. You <laughs> <laughs> it gives you a lot of antioxidants. You should have a glass a day. Everyone was for I it. I should have a glass a day. Yep. That is and the then... easiast marketing campaign ever. <laughs> You're saying. Yep, I, I can. Yep, every day. Yep. And so. With that, um, there it definitely ended up in people's skincare. Mm-hmm. Um, SkinCeuticals also has an AOX serum uh, with resveratrol. I will say this is not the easiest active to deal with. <laughs> no, it's it <sighs> like any antioxidant ingredient. It don't like being in a formula. <laughs> in my previous life as a corporate <laughs> chemist. <laughs> There was a project I was on where I had to work with a lot of different antioxidants and a lot of exotic plant extracts wound up on my bench. And I spent hours of my life that I will not get back sitting there watching it swirl my beaker. <laughs> and it does not want to dissolve. It does not want to do anything. I've seen ones that just like, I've seen ones, not non-versperatrol, but I've seen ones that straight up will clump up in yep. my beaker. It doesn't matter, like water, oil, like glycols, doesn't matter. It will just sit in the corner, swallow, like, <laughs> what are you going to do about it? <laughs> what are you going to do, bro? Like, yeah, come what? at me. <laughs> Hit me with your worst. <laughs> yeah, 
no. Yep, that's just the nature Can't of Can't use chloroform here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that... Um, we went on an antioxidant rant previously. Mm. Um, I think this is why sometimes we're so bitter hearing that term, just because we are know we, are we bitter? We're hella bitter. <laughs> just because we know that a lot of them do hate being in aqueous formulas. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, and this is where I get on my alcohol defense train because mm. a lot of time, what's gonna stop them from doing this number in my beaker is alcohol. Yep. Dunk it and pure denatured alcohol that's so true it works like 70 percent of the time there's that 30 percent that freaking hates you <laughs> yeah so with resveratrol that's it takes a lot of work to get it to get a good enough concentration of it into a formula so we if in terms of data it obviously still doesn't uh compete with ascorbic acid but there is some and i think skinceuticals did a really good job testing it um in their clinical um so i would say that's probably the, the only brand we recommend that to try to use there yeah if you want to get some resveratrol i will say this is why um huh i feel like i never talked about this this is why years after leaving the brand <laughs> i still feel comfortable talking about skinceuticals because we mm. can look at the data and at the end of the day like they really they do really go out of their way to do it's true a lot of different clinical testing to make sure their combination works yeah um and yeah. it's also why we don't knock them for the price tag a lot of times you know we do hate on very very expensive serums but um testing takes a lot of money uh i don't know how many times you have to say it but yeah it's it's uh it can be such a sinkhole especially if formulas don't actually perform the way as planned so mm. yeah i agree yep um other than resveratrol you'll see it listed as the vitis vinifera extract yeah i'm indifferent about it like mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt but um honestly wouldn't bank on a product that has just that to perform miracles yeah i mean again we start off this section explaining how extracts can mean a lot of different things Mm -hmm. um i did find a study on how it was used um at two percent concentration in cream the extract form yes the vitis vinifera yeah and um it was actually used in a wound healing study um minor wounds these are people who are trying to remove skin tags um it was actually tested versus placebo yay and it also was a decent (laughs) more enthusiasm (laughs) placebo yeah (laughs) (laughs) right right and a decent sample size of 40 patients so and it did um it they did see a significant improvement. Uh, I forget. It was like between 18 and four, eight, sorry, eight days to 14 days. Um, so with that, I mean, the only thing that's really difficult is knowing which, like, which extract. You I know? feel like this is turning into a chemist therapy hour. If you're a chemist, you will know. Gloria, these parts are our therapy. I thought you knew that already. <laughs> well, I've been very professional. So. <laughs> so actually, a big part of our job is to vet. Let's say we like what we see in silymarin or we like what we see mm-hmm. in grape extract. Now it's time to find what source you're going to go with. Mm. And then it's hours of reading, the diff- comparing different forms. Do they have testing? testing? What's the actual composition of this extract? Mm. And like just grape extract, you can get it in powder form. You can get it in liquid form. You can get it in water. You can get it in glycols. 
what would you like? <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's the truth. So, I mean, it's it's a good sign. There's actual testing, which is surprising. Um, but again, very hard to navigate. And the last extract, because we've definitely gone on for too long about this, the green tea. <laughs> the I mean, tea that's, that couldn't be a better example of how much of a zoo this can be. Fun fact, one of my favorite Victoria sketches is a bubble guy <laughs> laying on the ground with a tea bag on his face. I, I asked her to tea bag. Can <laughs> confirm, it was actual tea bagging. So I apologize for our early audience. Probably not what you wanted to see on your instagram but it is the truth and i'm sure people have done it before <laughs> yes um but yeah um commonly you'll hear you'll find it on your aisle as camellia sinensis leaf extract yeah so the main active components of tea is <coughs> epi gallo catechin gallate yep or ecgc ecgc correct yeah um so the, the thing with green tea is that is one extract that I have a preconceived notion that it is about 99.9% bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but to my surprise... Like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I read into it, um, there is a surprising number of studies. This is where like sometimes like even though ingredient might start out as like purely trendy um if mm. there's enough of a buzz people start putting money behind studies which mm-hmm. i think is neat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so tea <laughs> is one of those things um it's actually been testing on oily skin um it's a great soother um they have shown some anti-acne benefits but we w- wouldn't read too much into it here's the problem <laughs> with green tea even more so than your grape stuff your tea stuff mm. is the sourcing is wild. Yeah. Is it I mean, tea? Is I'm it sh- green tea? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you even shopping for green tea for just to drink, you already can tell like the sourcing is wild and very difficult to navigate and to know. Um, so, totally agree. I think just couldn't be a better example of a zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember we found that study where they made, uh, I think it was Asian women mm-hmm. take supplements? Oh, yes. Green right. Tea supplements. They took green tea supplements for six months. Yeah. Actually, I remember that. Um, I think it went on even longer than six months. You're like they, right. they yeah. measured it for it was a really long study. Didn't do like, anything. <laughs> did nothing Savior read it it just inconclusive yeah so yeah and you know what drink your tea enjoy it enjoy it it's like coffee i'm you know it's just something to be enjoyed but i I mean matcha phase yeah Yeah. but if you're looking for a miracle um this probably isn't gonna be it um but oh my god that's a depressing thing most depressing ending (laughs) um my bad guys Um, i will say given the amount of different type of tea options out there Mm -hmm. you have in skincare um our general advice stands, which is one, if the brand has done clinical on the product, mm. kudos and give priority to that product. Yeah. If brands like, uh, I know brands like Paula's Choice, they use the EGCG form um, of the, so the pure active compounds of tea, um, prioritize that. Much as better. Well. Yeah. Don't rely on the actual uh, Camellia sinensis leaf extract. You shouldn't hunt for that. Look for ECGC. 
And then even more so if they have clinical, go for that. And I think also um, botanicals, we always say, is kind of a nice supplementary benefit to your uh, to your skincare. It's not the main thing you should be hunting for to make a true difference and tackle a major skin concern. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, It's the into the yang of your act. <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> <laughs> yes, good support. Yes, correct. <laughs> All right, cool. So I think that wraps up. Any final thoughts on extracts that we think we haven't covered? Boo mushrooms. Boo. <laughs> Adaptogen. Very indifferent about mushroom stuff. <laughs> for sure. All right, cool. So I think that wraps it up. Uh, it's time for our favorite section. It's time to break, break, break it up, break, break, break it up. All right, cool. Ooh, okay, animal corner. Animal corner. Woohoo! All right. So this time it is Corey's turn. Yeah. And it's her turn to talk about Nikatos. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. I'm sure there's many that are gonna be excited to hear about this. So um, Victoria, this segment, um, Maisie. Miss Maisie is Australian Shepherd mix, and um, we learned a lot about the origins mm-hmm. of uh, of Australian Shepherds. So cattle dog, cattle dog. Sorry, sorry. Uh, try that again. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria talked about her dog, Miss Maisie, who is an Australian uh, cattle dog, and we learned a lot about. Uh, how that breed even came to be yeah. a lot of funny stories in that so uh, I guess today it's time for me to share the origin story of my cats hell yeah so I have two cats um, they're both adopted cats from the shelter mm. I picked them both up um, when they're about like one year old mm. um, Props to you. There is no origin story because they're straight cats. I mean, props to you because I feel like one-year-old cats, it's they don't. It's harder for them to get adopted, especially when there's kittens. Yeah, actually, like that's that's the when I first got my first cat, it was a hundred percent a whim, and it's mostly because I got him in May, mm-hmm. and still so remember he just got returned by his previous owner. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I, I was like looking, I was playing with him, and um, I overheard the shelter workers complain about the owners that returned him because kitten season was just about to start. <gasps> so then that basically shiced his chance of finding a new family. And then in about 30 seconds, I'm like, I'll, I'll take him. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I got my first cat, Kuma. Fun fact. Kumo, right? Mm. Fun fact, what was his name when you adopted him? Garrett. <laughs> And to be fair, Maisie, when we adopted her, her name was Cedar. Like, what the <laughs> I do, I do understand the plight of shelter workers when yeah. you have like eighty thousand animals sure. come through. You're For like, sure. whatever. I had a neighbor just, named just Garrett. Open up the dictionary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I adopted. Sure. I brought Garrett home <laughs> and renamed him Kumo. Yeah. Um, I had a cat Instagram account dedicated to Kumo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but at that moment, I was like, Kumo needs to be renamed Kuma for <laughs> Instagram. I have no no good reason really? for it. Yeah, I was just like, because like, he's a big cat. So when I got him, he's one, which is like pretty much a grown cat. And, and when I got him, he was like this big. And then in like two months, he was like this big. And then three months, he started expanding out sideways. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, oh, no, I got a bear cat. Is so, it because he's like, it was like Kuma, like Puma? Like... 
Kuma is like Kuma means bear in oh, Japanese. Oh, in Japanese, got and it. And at that time, I was like, "Holy shit, he's getting he's getting hefty." It was totally my fault. By the way, you new cat owners, if you look at the back of your expensive cat food and it tells you how much you feed them, like knock that down by at least one third, uh-huh. like because they definitely instruct you to overfeed them. Um, I it's a ploy. It's absolutely a ploy. It's a ploy. <laughs> yeah, so I'll feed him, and he won't even finish his food. And I'm like, oh my god, like he's not used to my home. Let me give him a treat. Like, is he okay? Like, he's he was only eating about two thirds of what I was giving him, based on the instruction on the back of my cat food, and, and he got super freaking fat. <laughs> and this is true. I have been there to see Kubo go through his major diet changes. He has lost weight, and yeah, there was a pocket. Good. Yeah, there was a pocket of time I couldn't see his back foot when he was sitting. When he was sitting. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, and then I got a second cat. My roommate Celia, hi Celia, um, was star fostering kittens. And old that, roommate, not current roommate. Yeah, not current roommate. My <laughs> old roommate started fostering kittens. Yeah. And during that time, I started feeling like. Her first kin got along with Kumo so much. Like they were running around all day, they were super cute, they groom each other. And and I started thinking about like maybe getting a second cat as a companion cat. But then I felt like it just felt like kinda losery if you like you just you get one cat and then someone fosters a cat and you take that cat right away. It's like you have no self control whatsoever. Oh, uh, you're afraid of turning into a true a cat. cat lady. Lady. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for my second. Yep. And I waited, and then I went to the shelter thinking, maybe I'll find mm. a companion cat for Kuma. Mm-hmm. But that, on that one window shopping trip, I saw this one cat who's like one of two in a litter, and he was a, <gasps> she was a crack house rescue. Mm. Like it was like they went in to bust a drug crime, oh. but then found out that there was drugs and animal hoarding oh. going on in the place. So she looked really skittish, and but was still really human friendly and honestly was kind of looks a little dumb <laughs> so i was like ah this is it i will I, i'm just gonna bring her home and she will be kumo's companion so i adopted isis yes her name is isis she has a pseudonym online because like hashtag isis wasn't trending very positively <laughs> during that time but you named her isis because egyptian goddess yep, isis there you go because uh, she has a marking she's a calico so she has a marking around her eye area mm-hmm. um they hate each other. <laughs> I got her as a companion cat, and right now they're like lukewarm roommates. At Can't best. confirm. <laughs> uh, most of the time, they don't really spend. A, they don't really like to spend a lot of time together. Um, once in a while, they might play. Most of the time, they just like to mess with each other. Yeah, I've seen both cats. Like their pastimes, like sneak up behind the other one, like give them a big swipe behind the head, and then run away. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's the origin story of my two cats. Um, the funniest story is the weirdest thing about my cat is that. Kumo eats marshmallows, which is very bizarre. And yeah, he just he likes he, the sweetness. He has yeah, a sweet tooth. He has a sweet tooth, mm-hmm. which is very funny to Do me. Do you still feed him marshmallows? I don't anymore because I realize I don't eat marshmallows. Mm-hmm. And then there's no way I'm giving a bag of marshmallows. So he just sits there and gets still. <laughs> Hence, Kumo is looking very trim right very, now. Very, very grumpy. Um, and the second funny thing is like when I, about a year or two into adopting Kumo, I started dating my now 
fiance. Fiance. It's very hard for her to say for some reason, but fiance Chris. Yeah, and at that time, Purina had a dudes and their cats competition. Nice. My fiance, he was not a cat person. I was like, pose with my cat, please. And my roommate at the time, Celia, is like really into photography and takes beautiful pictures mm-hmm. of the cats. And we submitted for entry um, and won. So I still have a cat calendar at home. Nice. <laughs> like men and cats calendar. And can you tell them what the picture was? Like, was, describe it. So it was uh, my fiancé holding the cat and Kuma looking very grumpy. And he wrote a caption that's like, you know, Kuma really changed my outlook in life. You know, like, <laughs> I I just, now I just learned to not take opportunities for granted. I don't know what the hell that <laughs> meant. He, he wrote some bullshit for it and worked. <laughs> uh, okay, shirt on, shirt off. Shirt was on at the time, but he did a series with Dow shirt. <laughs> and I don't understand. Gloria's private collection. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. He was literally doing his, like, jack, like d- this pose. I don't know what he was the doing. The bodybuilder pose. Yeah, bodybuilder uh-huh. pose with my cat. And it was just, it felt very violating. That's great. <laughs> Should you want to check this photo out, uh, the handle, Kumo not impressed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I... At one point, the cat account got to 4,000 followers. And it was actually a big moment when Kim's confession surpassed. Hell yeah! yeah. Totally high-fived! <laughs> so that's the orange story of my Yay. cats. No special breeding story, just two stray kitties I picked up. And now, I've had Kuma over eight years now. Oh, he's, yeah, a, he's, he's an old, a man, old now. man now. Yeah, old man. spoiled old man who definitely can't be bothered to do anything. Super <laughs> cute. Can confirm, uh, I think when... When I first were friends and I met the cats, I'm actually very afraid of cats uh, because I find them to be very soft and then suddenly very sharp at the same time. They're liquid with yeah. things. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I was uh, a little afraid of cats, but um, her cats are very sweet. Uh, very loves friendly. a man whore. Is a bit of a man whore. If you come visit me. He walk. Uh, he's not a guard cat. <laughs> he's like, oh, human. Hi. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yay. Kumo That's me, and cats. <laughs> Pseudonym is uh, uh, Hannah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Animal Corner. Um. That's it. That's so it. now we. It's our last section. It's our Q and A. Let's do some Q and A. All right. First question. This is from at Lemon Gimb. <laughs> actually this is actually from many people we did a focus on niacinamide recently um just trying to help people navigate the space um and also an explosion of niacinamide products out there um so this question was asked can we mix the l-asorbic powder in a niacinamide serum uh yeah so my, for us mm. no go for it sorry Gloria has some feels mm. my take is a little indifferent mm-hmm. you could and still have skin benefits um a fresh a nice a fresh l-ascorbic acid powder in a nice serum will produce that complex that yellowish tint to it while still effective like it's hard to compare and say hey does fresh nice uh the does it work better when the two are separate and doesn't create that complex? I will say I am very whatever about um, some people will cite the different pHs as a mm-hmm. reason to not mix. 
I that's not that actually doesn't matter here. Ascorbic acid by itself is very very acidic. Mm-hmm. If you mix it with a, a niacinamide, which is likely to be around pH of six ish, it will go down to a uh, to a okay skin friendly pH. Four point five. Yeah, and also you'll hear you'll hear things like oh niacin uh, vitamin C is insta- unstable at that pH, but it doesn't really matter. That only that pH stability only matters in a product form. Like, in long term, so yeah, we don't really like when you buy a product that has both ascorbic acid and niacinamide. Um, already kind of suggests that the ascorbic acid pH isn't going to be great anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's like a temporary mix, temporary layering, all that, we're not too worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Second question. Oh, do we answer the question? Uh, can we mix L-sorbic acid and niacinamide serum? Yeah, sure. Not preferred, but yeah, go for it. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Temporarily. So if you just, not if you're just going to plan to dump the powder in your bottle, shake it up and hope that's yes. how you get it. Yeah, don't do that. All right. Number two. Uh, at sure 88 Sure. I- Share, you're right. <laughs> Share. At Share 88, I wonder how much is too much niacinamide. Ah. I use the Inkey's niacinamide together with several other products which also contain niacinamide. Great question. That yeah. sounds like too much niacinamide. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, there's no verdict on too much niacinamide. Um, it does play well with in a lot of formulas. It also is pretty... I would say one of the more gentle actives um, in skincare, but this is a moment where you really need to listen to your skin. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are struggling with any sort of sensitivity or stinging, um, then you know what might be causing that trouble. Um, But if your routine is working for you, who are we to say that you should stop and cut it all out? It does sound like a lot to us. It's not something that we would recommend to someone who's trying to build their routine. Yeah, we always say 2 to 4% will get you efficacy. Um, If you're doing more like Victoria said, listen to your skin. And I want to add that um, I personally am not a fan of high levels on that cinema, but I was not, my skin didn't really react to it until that last year I saw hardcore um, incorporating retinol into yeah. my skin. Your skin barrier does like that sensitivity level does kind of change when you switch mm-hmm. to more aggressive active. Mm-hmm. And one day I was playing around. We for our jobs we test so many products. Yeah. And I tested out a few nice and my products at the same time, which mm-hmm. is usually not a problem. I shed like it was so irritating for a whole week. I couldn't put anything else on for. Yeah, for a week until I went back to normal. So, so it caused excess shedding. Yeah, mm. and and it stopped when I just... I carried on with retinol, but I stopped adding on those niacinamide products and went yeah. away. So just know that while overlaying, if it's doing okay for you now, might be okay. But yeah. if you're looking to introduce a new product, try to tamper that down. I've actually even... Um, for me, it wasn't excess shedding, but I used a cleanser with niacinamide in it. Um the cleanser was very simple, um, really nothing that out of the ordinary. And I found that that was actually um, kind of irritating for me. Mm. So it was weird. Um, even in wash off, um, even nice in my wash off can sometimes be an issue. So just some points to think about. All right. And final question. This is from Sarah Norris Snaps. Uh, alcohol, second on the list for a hydrating mist. Any thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think the only feels I have is that it's called a hydrating mist. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Gloria. Any thoughts? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think as someone who's dry skin, I'm very indifferent about mist in general. Yeah. It can feel refreshing and hydrating that instant. But for 90% of the climates out there, that water, that humectant isn't going to stay. Yeah. And it might cause you to dry out. And you're going to feel the need to mist like all day. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I wouldn't think of mist as a really... Exactly super great um replenishment yeah secondly yeah i do kind of have an issue with alcohol on the second uh on second spot and being called hydrating mist um alcohol isn't inherently bad for you but in this type of product it's there to give you that refreshing feel and it's literally there to give you that drying but refreshing feeling and doesn't even serve its typical purpose like it's not going to help enhance active penetration because it's a mm-hmm. mist it's not gonna have a lot of actives um it's not yeah i might work as a co-preservative but yeah not a fan it's really just quick feel right? yeah yeah it's docking for that cooling sensation and i'm not a huge fan of that yeah uh, completely agree that's why i think for me it's just the issue of calling it a hydrating mist you know um uh, I think that actually I think Caudalie has a very favorite um, cult favorite uh, mist and it has Venus Bifera <laughs> it has grape extract oh, we totally forgot about Caudalie for that grape extract the segment. OG grape shit yeah. grape stuff <laughs> <laughs> we're not cutting that out <laughs> but yeah so um, just you know, again, it's nice for, I would say, very humid climates. Um, definitely don't use it on a plane. I know a lot of people like to use mists on planes as a quick way to get hydration. But um, again, it's really just a refresher, nothing more. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think that ends our episode 20. We did it. What are we talking about in episode 21? I got no freaking clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, write to us. Let us know what you want episode 22 to be about. 21. holy (laughs) (laughs) anyway Uh, yeah um so anyways yeah if you've got any questions about the book this episode things to write about our cats yeah glorious cats um yeah uh please email us but otherwise we'll see you guys next time Bye. bye